0: finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances And. I'm Jennifer
1: and I'm here with Kathy. Today's episode is our third listener questions episode. We have some questions submitted by listeners and we're going to be answering a few of those today. Some of the topics that we're going to cover are finances for flipping a house, the topic of minimalism, and the new monthly child tax credit.
0: Where can you find resources to flip a house? You can get a loan. And according to Investopedia, one of our favorite sites, it costs more money to flip a house than to buy one. Lenders often believe that flipping is more risky, with especially with inexperienced flippers, and so they don't offer the traditional conventional loans we might get for our mortgage. Those conventional loans can be hard to get for flippers, and so it's recommended that you get something called hard money loans. They're not bound by the same real estate guidelines as a conventional mortgage. They actually lend money without the same requirements and also hold the first lien like a mortgage loan would have, like a bank. So then in that case, they still own your home until the loan is repaid. You can find lenders online and they can lend you up to 90% of the loan to cost ratio. And that's solved by taking the loan amount, dividing that by the construction costs. So if you require, $200,000 loan, they can provide you $160,000.
1: These lenders may charge, after having one flip in the last 24 months, they may charge an origination fee of 3.5% and an interest rate of 12%, which is significantly higher than a traditional home loan interest rate. So on that $200,000 loan, it would be $7,000 in origination fees and 24,000 in interest. The rates go down with two to four flips and even more after five, and there are other options available, but this is just one example. You could also go through a private lender, and this may provide you more financial options, but they may also act as a partner, and you'll share the profits. You'll want to sharpen your negotiating skills because it's all negotiable, and finding a private lender may be done easily by talking to other flippers. But as with any other legal agreement, you want to make sure that you contact a lawyer.
0: The reason that that rate is so high at 12 percent is that unlike a typical mortgage where you can get something two or three percent is that that loan you're only going to have for a few months where a mortgage loan you're going to have 15 to 30 years. So they're charging more knowing that they're not going to have a lot of time to get money in interest. So they're going to charge you more up front. There's also crowdfunding options, which means there's a large group of people providing each a small amount of money. There are specific flipping sites as well, ground floor, patch of land and fund that flip. Of course, there are different drawbacks and benefits to each of these. So just make sure you're doing your research if that's the way you want to go.
1: Our next question was about the inverted yield curve, and what is it? The inverted yield curve is when long-term debt bonds have lower yields or pays out a lower payment than short-term instruments with the same risk. Long-term debt generally pay out more because you're lending out your money by buying the bond of the U.S. Treasury for a longer period of time than a short-term bond.
0: Why does it matter about this yield curve? It's been considered an indication of an economic recession for the country, and it's been a really good predictor of it. However, last year we actually had an inversion in February and there was no downturn. Now, clearly 2020 had other challenges for us, but the expected economic crisis of 2020 did not occur. We also had an
1: interesting question on... money mindset and much like a growth mindset where you always start with the idea that something can be done the money mindset has you state your financial abilities are within your reach like all things it takes work to grow but it is what drives your decisions about your saving spending and handling money
0: Along the same lines as our mental accounting that we covered in episode 33 and financial therapy in episode number 18, we are programmed by our experiences as children and generally follow them through adulthood. But having a money mindset says... I can help others through giving or I can spend and still save. Really, it's having a positive outlook about money. And in all aspects, even when it's hard, you keep that positive mindset. Dave Ramsey suggests five ways to improve your money mindset. Read books or I suggest listening to podcasts. But by reading and listening, you're going to continually expand your understanding and your comfort about money is going to grow. The more you listen and read, you can actually also find groups that you can discuss finances with and continue your interest in whatever topics of finances that you have.
1: He also suggests looking at your own relationship with money, like Kathy mentioned in episode 18, and find why you feel the way you do about money, and then find ways to make changes to those aspects that you don't like.
0: Giving is another way to improve your mindset by knowing you're doing good for others, it can help you increase your desire to have more money so that you can help other people. The idea is that you're moving from selfish to selfless with your money. And that's really a great step forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. Also plan for retirement, maybe even dream dreaming about it. The more that you can picture specific ideas that you want for yourself, the better your chance for actually saving for them and being able to save for them. Your passion can certainly drive your abilities.
0: It makes sense. I mean, if you want to go traveling and you start dreaming about the countries or places that you want to travel, it makes it far more tangible and reachable to be able to save your money so that you can go do those things versus I'm just saving my money for retirement. I don't know what that is, but I'm just saving my money for retirement. So the more you can have a goal, the easier it is to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. Finally, believe in yourself and your ability for success. It's not the only way to make your goals come true, but believing is a great way to begin. Be your own cheerleader,
1: and you can win. Next up, we had a question from from listener AD, and she asked, why do I get a notice from my mortgage lender telling me I owe more in my escrow account? I've been paying my mortgage on time. Well, that increase in your bill is due to property tax fluctuations. The mortgage company collects your property tax and holds it for you in escrow. They do this because those tax bills can be rather large, and the lender doesn't want you to not be able to come up with the whole amount when it's due. Their vested interest is in you being able to keep making your monthly payments.
0: To make sure that you can pay that bill, they're going to take that amount that you owe in taxes and divide it up by the number of payments you have a year, generally 12 or monthly, so that you're making equal monthly payments towards that property tax. When your county publishes the new tax rate, you may owe more or less than you did last year. The lender will often give you two options if you owe more. Pay the difference in a lump sum or spread that new amount over 12 months. When you spread it out, though, it might also come with an additional fee. So make sure that you are aware of how much you're actually going to be paying if they ask you to spread it out over 12 months. That sum payable in a lump sum, though, as long as it's part of what you can do in your spending plan is a good idea because you won't have any additional fees. And that can save you money in the long run.
1: Other reasons your payment may go up or down include if your homeowner's insurance is being forced on you by the lender if you do not have your own policy. This probably will only cover the structure of the home, not your belongings. So be sure that you are fully aware as to what is covered.
0: Yeah, if they're forcing homeowners insurance on you, that's because you don't have a policy already. And they don't really care if all of your belongings are lost, but they do care if the structure that they actually own is lost. So they're going to have you pay just for the structure, probably. Another way that your monthly payment might change is that if you've paid down your mortgage enough by having paid at least 20% of the equity in your home, then you can request that the PMI or property mortgage insurance be removed. This insurance is for the lender's sake, and that is so that if you would default on the mortgage payment, they can still make sure they get their money back that they lent you. I just recently found out that if you reach 22% of your equity or you're midway through the amount of money that you own on your loan, for example, if you've been paying 15 years on your loan and you have a 30-year loan, PMI automatically cancels. But why wait? Because once you reach 20%, you can request to have it canceled instead of waiting for 22% to be paid out. It's just money in your pocket.
1: We were asked about the new monthly child tax credit and... What is it? So starting July 15th, families that qualify will get $300 a month for each child under six years old and $250 a month for six to 17 year old. This type of benefit is often provided as a tax refund, but this year it will be given out in monthly payments to those families.
0: So direct deposit will be used just like they do for your taxes, and that affects about 80% of families. The remaining 20% will be paid either in checks or in debit cards. These payments will arrive after the 15th of each month until 2025, and the amount you receive is a bit complicated, but... For ease, if you are single and making less than $75,000 a year, head of household making less than $112,500 a year, or married filing jointly making less than $150,000 a year, you will receive that full amount. Then once you start to make $1,000 over that, they'll start eliminating $50 from that payment until it goes away completely.
1: Right now, you'll receive payments for the remainder of 2021 and then the first six months, January through June, you'll get in 2022 as part of your tax return. You can also contact the IRS after July 1st to opt out of monthly payments if you'd like it all back as a tax refund instead.
0: Interesting that somebody would just want to wait to get their money back versus getting it monthly for some reason.
1: Our final question was about minimalism and whether it was, you know, financially savvy to become minimalist. The idea of minimalism is that more items in our life actually makes us more unhappy and that items are really just distractions to us that keep us from finding what truly makes us happy.
0: So making intentional choices to remove these distractions to become more thoughtful about what we actually want to put in our lives, not just hitting the buy button because there was a TikTok video or a Facebook ad, Ask yourself what passions you have and how do the choices specifically support the values that you want to practice?
1: The phrase experiences, not things, has really supported the ideals of minimalism, knowing that happiness can be found outside of possessions and being grateful of what life has given you, not Amazon. So finding a way to slow down and remove the frivolous from your life and think about Things like, do the apps you check on constantly really keep you connected with what's important? Do you enjoy your job or is it merely a means to buy more things? Would having less actually make you more happy?
0: You know, finally, the consideration is if the items that you're buying are robbing you of your retirement, if you can't state that you're going to be able to retire comfortably, your collection of things may be something that you want to change. Bankrate says that about 20% of working Americans don't save anything for retirement, emergencies, or other financial goals. And those who do might put away only 10%, which is not a realistic amount for most people to live on unless you plan on making drastic changes in retirement. And I I
1: just think that with minimalism, there's certainly extreme levels of minimalism. And by wanting to have more minimalism in your life doesn't mean you have to go to all those extremes. It could just mean that you're thinking more intentionally and being really intentional about what you bring into your house and how it's going to serve you and thinking about your long-term goals like retirement and whether or not those are going to serve you in those goals.
0: Just saying being intentional makes me think back to the whole idea of the money mindset. And that money mindset, is it is that the positive way I want to be thinking about things? And if it's not, I can positively state that I don't need to buy these extra things. And really, like you just said, it's not a matter of well, I'm getting rid of everything and living in a box now. Mm-hmm. It's it's more: is this going to bring me joy? Am I going if I'm going to buy this thing? Should I be getting rid of something else that's in the house to you know take its place? So just being considerate of what's being brought in versus just like I said, hitting buy because you can. Yeah, exactly. I think we
1: could all benefit from that.
0: (laughs) Anything else? That's all. Well, thanks for listening to Finances and Listener Questions number three. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and then share your favorite episode with a friend. Finally, consider leaving a review because it helps bring financial education to others and it helps people find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered, like the people today, or any other topics that you'd like us to cover by going to our website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can find our infographics there and right here in the show notes finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such always consult a tax accounting or legal professional for advice in your specific situation remember i went to school so you don't have to